0: You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Our guest this week is a music supervisor and the director of music for two Chicago based advertising agencies, DDB and We Are Unlimited. He has worked on music based advertising campaigns for McDonald's, Skittles, Capital One, Nintendo, United Healthcare, and many more. You can find out more about his work by visiting www.alekjstern.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Stern is on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Alec.
1: Hey, man. How are you doing?
0: I am so excited to hear from you. I'm in such a good mood. I was telling you <laughs> earlier in the pre-interview, we've only had one music supervisor on in the four-year history of this podcast, and that music supervisor specialized in the film side. And so you're the first guy we've had on the brand side, so I'm excited to kind of pick your brain. And to start us off, Something I've always been curious about, and I didn't get to ask it to the last music supervisor we had on, I've always been curious about the process of a music supervisor. When you work with a brand, presumably you're working with people that need music for their commercials, but they're also not music experts. So they probably come to you with a vague idea of what they want a song to do for their campaign, but they probably aren't great at articulating it. So how do you start with that vague idea that you get from your client and turn it into the right song for them?
1: That's a great question. Um, and that's actually one of the things that really gets me most excited about the notion of music supervision. Um, something I tell a lot of aspiring music supervisors is, you know I think it's I think it's one thing to have a robust music you know iTunes library and to you know have a great sort of encyclopedic knowledge on different trends and histories and all those sorts of things. but, To me, at least one of the major keys that's not honestly discussed all that often is just kind of the ability to articulate music, um, which I I really think is kind of just like this lost art form to be able to describe pieces of music in ways that people can understand. And something I, I think about a lot and focus on a lot is, you know, discussing music in a way that gets people excited and you know, kind of makes people lean in as opposed to, you know, people putting their guards up in terms of like, I have no idea what this person is talking about, um, you know, which which can kind of create this this barrier when, you know, music is the most subjective thing in the world. Um, and it should be fun and a collaborative thing to, to discuss, whether it's, you know, with a friend or, or with, you know, a major client. So I think at least for me, it's, it's, um, You know, I almost don't even ask clients to talk really about music all that much. Um, I almost have them speak about it in terms that they can understand, you know, in terms of maybe how this is going to, how this is going to look, how they want it to emotionally connect, who their demographic is, um, you know, the kinds of things that they've done in the past. And it's, to me, it's more of like, it's more like the music side is my part of the equation. So it's more my job to almost take the non-musical things that they're talking about and sort of run it through my own sort of filter um, and kind of spit back them at them like, okay, you told me, you know, your demographics are this and this, and you want them to feel this kind of way, and uh, the spot's going to visually look like this. In my kind of musical brain, to me, that sort of sounds like you want this kind of vibe. Um And just kind of having that be the launch point of the conversation.
0: Right on. And I, for one, am so grateful for the work that folks like you do, because I don't know what's happened to me, but I would say in the last few years, the work of music supervisors has really driven my own music discovery. I don't, a lot of the stuff that I'm listening to nowadays, I don't get from listening to terrestrial radio a lot of it's coming from, wow, I heard that song in a commercial or in a movie and I just fell in love with it and now I can't stop playing it. So you guys really serve like a pretty valuable function in terms, at least in my own music selection. I imagine it's that way for a lot of people as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's maybe the most exciting part about doing what we do um, is really treating, treating every project as the opportunity to be a big you know, exposure play for artists. I mean, I think, you know, music supervisors are music supervisors because they're music fans. Um, And I think a cool thing that has kind of happened is the notion, you know, everybody, consumers, fans, all the way to major brands, everyone loves the notion of discovery and sharing and uh, being the first to know about something, Um, especially when it comes to music for some reason. Um, we, we just have this, we, we love that kind of putting that pride on, you know, on our sleeve of like, I knew about this artist back when, um, and I kind of loved that major brands have understood sort of the cultural equity that comes from that kind of position. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of amazing projects where that's essentially the brief is, you know, we want to break something. We want to put out a, a spot. Um, in conjunction with, you know, a major label priority. Um, And so it's an amazing kind of opportunity to be able to use these films that these brands are are creating and use them as launching off points, whether it's, you know, an indie artist in hopes that, you know, this will be a great exposure play for them or, you know, even taking a well-known artist who maybe has just been away for a while and their comeback single works perfectly with something that we're putting together. So, you know, the ability to grant exposure to artists of really any size is probably the most exciting thing that we get to do.
0: I'd love to talk more about that on the indie music side, because I love this movement in recent years where brands are playing this really cool role in music discovery. And oftentimes we are seeing brands take a chance on a lesser known song or sometimes even a completely unknown song and artist for their commercials and exposing consumers to cool new music that they didn't know was out there. So for our indie artist listeners who are out there, I know they're hearing what I just said and they're saying to themselves, well, how can my song be the cool <laughs> song that brands take a chance on? What would you say to them? How, how should artists be positioning themselves to have their music be used for these kind of ad campaigns?
1: Well, I think, I think that right now is arguably the most exciting time to kind of be doing what I'm doing. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but in my own personal philosophy, the most exciting reason for that right now is because it seems like brands have really understood the larger, larger cultural appetite for authenticity. Um, several years ago, it's funny going kind of back through musical trends in advertising there's just all these waves that it goes through. Um, a number of years, we were crazy stuck in a black Peas phase, um, <laughs> right around you know, right before you know, right before that was like this crazy Mumford and Sons phase, and there's you know this long time kind of Sigaroes Jonesy phase that things have been going through. But um, and then you know there was and then there was a big phase where everything was you know hand claps and ukuleles and pocket shields. Um, where it was all just like very cutesy buttoned up kind of things. And, um, it's funny because all of those kinds of music have now almost been termed ad songs, like the sort of thing like you, you know, when you hear it, but, um, there was a time and place for it. But at this point, I think that brands have really understood that authenticity is king. Um, especially with the rise of streaming where people are able to listen to whatever they want and people can make whatever they want and put it out in the world however they want. There's less formula, there's less major label pressure on certain styles and genres that are going to reign supreme. So I think brands have really gotten hit to that idea that authenticity is what's going to drive things. Um, So it's really exciting because they are more than ever willing to go with an independent artist as long as it has that sense of authenticity to it. Um, but to answer your question, you know, what can artists be doing? Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is make truly authentic music. Um, make things for the for the sake of making things. Um, continue to hone your craft. Um, and just, you know, make things that are new and 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 different and you know, make people kind of stop in their tracks. Like I I truly genuinely believe that the best music will always be heard. Um, It will always make its way out. So just, you know, continuing to just make truly authentic, interesting things. um, And then, you know, do some, do some research and figure out kind of who some gatekeepers are in terms of, you know, the music industry. And that can be, on super local level, all the way to higher levels. Um, but, you know, it's um, a huge part of my job is different gatekeepers of all kinds pitching me music all day. And, you know, that comes from, you know, licensing people uh, at major labels and major publishers, all the way to third party reps, all the way to managers and agents who I've either met in person or have gotten my email for doing some research. Um, all the way to artists themselves uh, that, you know, I've met at certain panels or, um, you know, got my email through just kind of doing some digging around online. And so it's it's really just kind of figuring out who some of those gatekeepers are, um, what gatekeepers, you know, maybe make most sense with the kind of music that you make and that you trust to handle your property Uh, in your vision with integrity uh, and with respect and and do it in in a way that you trust, even if you're not, you know, even if you're not on that, you know, you trust that whoever is handling your music and sending it to people like myself is doing it kind of in your best interest. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is, this is a huge game of, you know, gatekeepers who get their music to people who make these kinds of decisions. Uh, So there has to be some sort of link from the music that you're making to music supervisors. Um, If you have a way to do that yourself, that's fantastic. Um, But if you're able to find somebody you trust who can handle that for you and have those relationships, um, a lot of times that might even be even better. Well,
0: let's talk about who some of those somebodies can be. You talked about Mm -hmm. agents and managers that might have a direct line to somebody like you. Uh, I've also heard a lot about uh, these third-party services, groups like Taxi. Uh, can you talk about the the benefits of, of, a, of an organization like that? Is that something you'd recommend for artists as a way to get aligned to music supervisors?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think as long as, you know, it, it's a source that seems reputable and you get a good feeling from it and whatever the deal is that's in place, uh, feels like something that you'd be comfortable with um, to, to you know to get that sort of exposure. Um, I think that's great. Um, you know, a lot of artists are you know super hungry and determined to, in addition to making their art, uh, going out and meeting and networking and getting their music out into every possible avenue that they can, and going to different you know conferences and uh, meeting with different radio stations and all those sorts of things. Some artists, you know, build a team around them to handle those sorts of things. Um, but really kind of whatever route an artist decides to go, um, whether it's the artists doing it themselves or it's people that they hire and people that they trust uh, with their music and with their vision. Um, as long as, you know, as long as it's a play that, is going to make its way into the kinds of people that, you know, you want your music to be heard by. Um, I'm all for it. It's, it's really just kind of doing some research and just kind of figuring out what your comfort level is. And, you know, definitely it's, it's an amazing time because, you know, with the internet, uh, I'm I'm sure there are plenty of, you know, just references and, and people and other independent artists that, you know, you can just kind of throw a question out into the universe. Hey, has anyone heard of this third-party representation company? Um, what, is their, what do their deals look like? Have they had any success, et cetera? Um, and just hearing from peers in terms of their own, you know, experiences. Yes, yeah, you know, I'm signed with them. I've gotten three sinks in the last year. Everything's been great. They're super favorable. Or like, eh, I was with them for a while. It didn't turn out so great, et cetera, et cetera. Stay away. Um so yeah using you know using all of the resources and bountiful tools um at your disposal it's it's an amazing time to use all those things
0: well, for you and your own work, where do you find yourself getting most of your music from that you actually use? Is it from sort of an inner circle of agents and managers? are there particular services where you where you feel like, man, these people always seem to bring me the best stuff like you know. Where, where, where would you say the the your, your most fruitful bounty of music comes from?
1: So yeah, I mean, we music supervisors get tons and tons and hundreds, probably, of, of music emails you know, probably every day or every few days, um, and yeah, that that's everything from you know the new DJ Khaled record um, all the way to something that you know a kid is recording in, in their bedroom. Um, it really kind of covers the gamut. And so, you know, it's a huge rule of mine is just kind of figuring out who has what, what sort of thing do I generally need, um, you know, and it's really just kind of covering the gamut. you know. A lot of clients uh, that I work on exclusively want, you know, major label signed artists, uh, you know, whether they are super well-known or they're on the cusp of something bigger. Um, But I've definitely worked with other brands who are like, we want super indie, you know, we want super indie artists, we want stuff that is totally below the radar that we really want to expose. You know, so it's when I'm working on different projects, it's really kind of knowing who I trust, who best to tap into. Um, But yeah, a huge amount of music sourcing comes from people sending me stuff. Um, But outside of that, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm on blogs all the time. Uh, I'm a Chicago guy, so... Uh, as much as I can, I, I love to try to rep, you know, local music as much as I can. So um, going on local blogs that I trust and, you know, different, you know, just SoundCloud, going on SoundCloud wormholes and just seeing where I end up and um, all those sorts of things. Because I I love being able to discover things as much as anybody. Um, so to be able to find my own kind of diamonds in the rough, you know, where maybe someone isn't even sending it to me uh i've had some amazing amazing experiences out of
0: that as well man you hear that chicago artists uh, you might have a lead here with uh, alex stern alec this yeah. has been this has been so so awesome i i thank you for illuminating this for me i'm glad we we got to talk to somebody who's got that direct connection to brands that gave us some nice candid insights let me ask you this last question before we let you go this week do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners to help them move their careers forward
1: yeah, I mean, um, just yeah. I I have had some of the best experiences uh, of my career has been working with independent artists, um, people that I have found you know years and years ago, um, just surfing on Bandcamp um, and just finding different things that I thought were interesting, and keeping them in my iTunes library, and then years later. Uh, an opportunity comes up and I'm able to pitch it for something and, you know, and it works out great. Um, So, I mean, my biggest, my biggest piece of advice is just to keep creating, create as much as you can, Um, put it out into the world, share it with the world, Um, continue to hone your craft, continue to do the art that you feel best represents who you are and, you know, what's, what you're really meant to be doing. Um, and if you have the ability to take on the promotional aspect of it and the distribution aspect of it and the network aspect of it, as hard and determined as you are, as you're making your music, I think that's amazing. Um, but if that's not the case, if you are a true artist through and through and the focus of your life and your work is to create, um, and to be, you know, creative, it's, it's all about finding a team. Um, you know, somebody, somebody once told me once that, you know, a lot of times, you know, your music is in rooms that you are not in. um, you know, so it's really about who do you trust to sort of be in the room with your song when you are not there. Uh, and that can be a physical room in a meeting or a conference, whatever, but that can also be a digital room, you know, that can be, uh, a label or a manager or someone, sending, you know, a cold email to all the music supervisors so that they know. Um, so it's really just about, you know, assigning yourself to a team that you trust, that believe in your vision, that wants you to succeed, um, that have connections, that are willing to go the extra mile. And aligning yourself with those people and, you know, giving them the kind of art that will make everyone excited uh, to pitch that's <laughs> that's really the whole name of the game um so it's it's making truly authentic uh interesting pieces of art and you know whether it's you or people in your inner circle but um finding ways new ways interesting ways uh to just really kind of get it to people who who need to hear it uh and if both of those things are able to be done uh really, really amazing things
0: can happen. Woo, yes, I got chills. Um, (laughs) Find out more about his work by visiting www.alecjstern.com. You should check out this website, listeners, if for no other reason that he's got uh, YouTube videos of of the commercials where he's placed music. And so if you just want to watch all these YouTube videos and listen to some amazing songs, that alone is worth the price of admission of checking out alecjstern.com. Alec, thank you so much for your time this week.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast.